So I gave him a deadline for you either proposed by the end of 2018. And if he didn't, then I was walking away. And he did with two days to spare. Oh, wow. Um, it was a very, very, uh, you know, white knuckled moment for the last, you know, all of December. <laughs> um, and then I, opening up the Christmas gifts under the tree thinking, yes. this is it, this is it, this is it, surely. And no. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Once upon a time, I was the person who was gonna do it all. Lots of big dreams, stacks of ideas, and quite the lip service to many of these tasks, I must admit. I would start projects and not follow through. I would forget to email or text back. I'm sure this was a pain point for much of my family and even bigger for me internally as well. In the production of this podcast and subsequently the book, I am stubbornly determined to prove to myself that those patterns can change. I feel that is quite important to share when thinking about our next guest today. She has quite the plan and timeline of her life and how she would like certain events to unfold and at the same time can dare to dream and imagine for the future. She is a new mum, just like me, and has navigated the postpartum matriescence fourth trimester with a degree of honesty in her story that she shares, admitting that sometimes we just don't have it all together. I'm Linda Bonney and this is Stories with a Sunday Roast. Jill O, welcome to the community. I'm so glad that you have joined us. I'm really pleased to dive into this conversation and explore a little bit further about Jill behind the scenes, if you like. I'm so excited to be here with you, Linda, having this conversation. Thank you so much for having me. So, so good. So what we might do is start back at the beginning. Tell me a little bit about where you grew up and what that looked like. I know you're in New York now, New York area. I grew up and still live not far from where I grew up, but Long Island, New York. So we are not in this the main landlocked state part, and we are not in the city part, as everyone would like to know that's where we're from. We're from the little island that juts out into the Atlantic, and it's a fun little island. Very closely put together, so like the next town is five minutes away from where we are so it's just super condensed and at the same time half of it's very rural which is Mm. very confusing (laughs) (laughs) you go all the way up to one end of the island and you've got all these farms and wineries and just tons of land with nothing on it and then you go to the opposite end and it's just city-like and very condensed buildings on top of each other and just these apartment buildings and high-rise buildings, everything. So it's a lovely mix of 
anything you can imagine for a state. It almost feels like this should be a state. So I grew up in the center of Long Island and moved not too far away when I got married. But I grew up in a a shady part of a town. Um, My parents moved there when they got married because it was cheap. But it was, you know, a a drug-ridden town and it my parents were kind of the minority in the town and by race. Um, so growing up, they're like, we're not going to send you to public school. We're going to send you to private school. So I grew up going to private school and not really knowing much about my town or anybody really in my town. Yeah. Yep. And the diversity of having that rural at one end and city at the other, it's almost a little bit like we have down here in little old Tasmania because we have 10 minutes drive and you are in a lot more of that rural type environment. Mm. And I believe someone else that I spoke to, another guest, was also grew up in the Long Island area. So, yes, ironic. Yes, <laughs> happened I know. That way. Well, I think I know who you're talking about. <laughs> mm, we shall see. <laughs> um, that's funny. Mm, yeah, absolutely. So how did you end up meeting your now husband, being that you, I guess, were protected in a way from, mm, I don't know if protected is the right way, but your parents definitely were aware that yes. there were some I, <laughs> shady. Yeah. I like to say I grew up in a bubble because <laughs> Not only was it a private school that I grew up in, it was a private Christian school. Oh, and (laughs) it was very, very, very much like I was in a bubble. Um, But I did go to a secular public college, and that's where my entire life changed. Mm. Uh, So I, you know, I bounced around a few colleges. And by the third college, I was back home because I did travel for one of them. And my collegiate path took me down an anthropology study the study of anthropology so I didn't really know what to do with that after school and I was not going into um like a lab to go work I didn't want to get my PhD so I decided to go back to school anyway and become a mortician Uh (laughs) so um one of my classmates who I didn't really care for at first ended up becoming one of my best friends after like a few semesters and then I met her brother who is my now husband oh. uh-huh. so it, yeah it was one of those you should date my brother you two would be perfect for each other for years <laughs> right. and then Set the parents got in on it and like you should date Bobby and now here we are almost 10 years knowing each other mm. and mm-hmm. going on three years married next month so mm. yeah I guess the industry of death brings together life in a way. (laughs) Oh, the irony. I just want to go backwards for a second because after being in the bubble, as you say, and that necessarily isn't a bad thing because of many different factors, but all the same being in a bubble and then being thrown into regular college uh, mainstream. (laughs) Tell me about that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I didn't know a lot of things. Um, Uh Uh And I, you know, the first, always the first things that come to mind are drugs and sex. Like 
Yeah. Those are the two things that I had no idea about anything. Like school mm-hmm. teaches all the bad things, but nobody teaches you the good things about them. Mm. And I will say that learning the good things about those, not necessarily drugs, but mm-hmm. like whatever is out there was actually more beneficial to me learning the good stuff about it. It was like being immersed in this wild world and how to make friends and be mm-hmm. okay with it. Um, mm-hmm. It was almost like I had this, my school had 30, I had 36 kids in my graduating class. That's how small my school was compared uh, to having 500 in a graduating class for a public school. So I like really, really, really small bubble. Now was thrown into a college with triple that and had to make friends or just be a loner. So I think the challenge of fitting in was one of the harder things for me, but I got better at it as I moved away from the state into mm-hmm. a place where most of the people were from around there and had to do the same thing as me and making friends. So that was much easier on that. Yeah. It's interesting because it, it's not only the making friends part, but being okay with rejection might sound a really harsh word but being okay that not everybody can be your friend you can't be friends with everybody because coming from a smaller environment I know it's also hard to accept that uh, you do want to make friends and you do want to fit in and therefore on the flip side to that when you get a bit of kickback or some things which are like wow where did that come from it's like in high school I didn't have to worry about who my friends were because they had no choice yeah like, the 36 <laughs> of us in the class I mean we had mm-hmm. to be friends and it just was what it was and then so I went to the University of Tennessee for undergrad and my roommate I came in as a a junior I guess that is my third year of college. So I ended up living with freshmen because I was a transfer student and I didn't know any better to get an apartment. So I went and lived in the dorms and I had a freshman and she loved the cold weather. And she was like, well, you're from New York, so you must love the cold weather. And during the winter, we had the air conditioner on. Oh, wow. And I'm like, what are you doing? smoking like what is this I'm freezing why do I have to wear like granted at home I would wear sweats to bed but why am I wearing sweats to bed in Tennessee (laughs) so yeah there were a multitude of other things that I just did not like about my roommate and that one for sure I was just like exactly like you said uh, that was a rejection one (laughs) yeah it's again navigating what do I do now this isn't the way it's meant to happen this isn't the picture in my head (laughs) 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 oh wow (laughs) so you met Bobby uh, or well were strategically placed in a way set up (laughs) (laughs) obviously that worked out because you also got married I believe and now have your little boy Declan as well tell me about that period of getting to know each other and marriage and finding a place and all that sort of stuff well I have a very um determined character 
And when I met Bobby, he said to me that he wanted to buy a house and have an income property. So I was like, okay, sure, let's go house hunting. Not really expecting to move in with him. And meanwhile, we found a house six months into our relationship. And a year after we've been together, we decided to buy the house. So that was fast. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> we were in the house for four years, four mm-hmm. or five years before we ended up getting married. So it was a very good experience for us to get to know each other, how we each live with each other and it was against my parents desires because again going to my upbringing premarital living together was just not a good idea but it was the best thing that we did (laughs) don't even mention the s word (laughs) yeah Um, (laughs) so uh i i did make it known to him that I had kind of a timeline for the way I wanted my life to look like for like when I wanted to get married and start a family and everything along those lines. And I was like 30, I I will not get married past the age of 30. I have to be married by then. I have to start having kids by 30. I don't want to be an old mom. And he was not having it. So I gave him a deadline for you either proposed by the end of 2018. And if he didn't, then I was walking away. And he did with uh-huh. two days to spare. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, it was a very, very, uh, you know, white knuckled moment for the last, you know, all of December. <laughs> um, and then o- opening, uh, opening up the Christmas gifts under the tree thinking, yes. this is it, this is it, this is it, surely. And nope. No, <laughs> and the only reason why I'm glad we waited is my because my grandmother actually passed down her wedding bands and engagement oh. band for us. Wow. So in that case, I'm like, well, I guess it's a good thing we waited because we got this really sentimental gift. So mm-hmm. I will say that. Um, okay. Yeah, and then we had a, a short engagement, I guess you could say, because it was only about nine months long, and before we ended up getting married the following September, and then we had a honeymoon baby conceived um really you know i kept to my deadlines of when i wanted things done you did say strong strong willed um sort of character (laughs) (laughs) yep buckle i will say that now being having a two-year-old i i do wish that i was not as strong-minded about it and Mm would have given us a little bit more breathing room as newlyweds Besides just, you know, the nine months it takes to have a baby. Yeah. <clears throat> um, looking back, I, that's one thing I, I, I don't wish it changed. I just now wish I knew that instead. Mm-hmm. But this is my life now. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, tell me about that adjustment as well, because it is an adjustment. It was an adjustment. I was not expecting to have the adjustment that I would have to make at all. Um, you know, it, I don't. I don't know if you think even about this, but a lot. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> a big reason we're having this conversation. Oh, <laughs> I think about this, Linda, and I'm like, I knew I always wanted to have a family and have kids, but I never actually imagined 
like you daydream about your wedding or like these big moments, but I never daydreamed about my kids, like mm. what they'd look like, what motherhood would look like. I just knew it was going to happen for me, mm. but I never spent time thinking about it. And I think that might be like the biggest like uneasiness for transitioning into motherhood. Mm-hmm. Like you hear other people say, Oh, I always imagined this day would come or these things. And I'm like, I never actually imagined this at all. Like yeah. I just imagined up to my wedding day. I never imagined anything else beyond that. Um, and I wonder if that would have prepared me just a tiny bit more for the experience of a traumatic childbirth, And then, you know, but even before that, a pregnancy that was not anything that I was comfortable with at all. And then having postpartum anxiety, rage, and just some depression too, at the same time that I was not even expecting one bit to have to go through. No, and Um, it, yeah. Seriously, it does hit you like a truck at times because there's such a shift in identity as well. I think that's the biggest thing in the fact that you need to dig really, really deep at times. And for me as well, it's asking for things that I need, like I need a shower right now. That's not even something I want. I actually need one. And in order to do that, I need to ask people to help me have one so that I am not in the shower with a newborn baby slippery and slidy and like, um, not that that's always the worst thing. I've definitely showered with babies and everything, but sometimes you just actually want a shower on your own or a toilet on your own. And last time I went to the bathroom by myself. (laughs) (laughs) And, I don't think we're really taught very well yet. It is changing slowly within generations. However, asking for our needs to be met has been a challenge for myself and my mother and my grandmother and great-grandmother and so many generations of women before me. Mm -hmm. And so all of a sudden there's this huge, it feels like honestly running a marathon sometimes because there's not a lot of space between you and this tiny little person that needs you even more than you need a shower. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And it it builds up because, like you, I've also had the ragey, ragey, oh, my gosh, nobody's listening to me or nobody gets it or nobody, and who am I and what am I doing and I can't do this and so many of those moments. Definitely. And when you even tell somebody else, especially like whenever I talk to my mom about it, she's like, I have no idea how you're feeling. And it's hard to find somebody else that's willing to be open about the ugly part of Mm -hmm. our minds and how we're feeling and those intrusive thoughts and stuff. So you feel very alone and it did not help. And you know this, but because you went through it. Mm-hmm. having to go through an isolated pregnancy and yep. mm-hmm. childbirth and then raising an infant while the entire world is shut down was not a card anybody expected to be dealt in 
the last two years and I think that had even major role into how my transition into motherhood and my new identity went Mm, definitely and like you say you can't really prepare yourself for it and especially with your first I think you're that concentrated on the actual pregnancy or the birth itself that the after that it almost feels like it just has to fall into place I'll think about it when it comes and Mm -hmm. can't even go there and can't imagine it really like you said you didn't really daydream or think or had a picture in your mind of what that was going to look like so then when it does come (laughs) it's quite the shock and and like you said we, we find it hard to talk about out loud it is getting better but unless we're going to talk about this reality out loud, it's going to continue to be ignored because mm-hmm. I believe that my mother did have very similar experiences to my own. She just can't necessarily recall it or want to talk about it or mm-hmm. anything like that. <sighs> that suppression of that trauma and the mm-hmm. icing over it, just baby blues. <sighs> yes. Yep. Yeah, you're just hormonal. You're just having an adjustment. You're just having a hard time. It'll get better. They grow up. It'll get better. <laughs> uh, all those things. Mm. And just tapping into some of those uglier sides, if you like, if you're happy to talk yeah. about them, how did that impact your relationship? <laughs> Um, Being newlyweds and honeymoony. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's still to this day a work in progress because while I'm not necessarily full-blown postpartum depression, anxiety stuff, I still have, like, my hormones have not Uh come back to me the way that they should. So um, I think the rage is the, the biggest impact on our relationship and it's it's now like I'm able to time it the second I I notice that I'm just a hair like I'm about to throw something Mm -hmm. I'm like okay I know what time of the month it is now my cycle I I know how to prepare for the rest of this week and even my husband will be like you're at that time now so we have the clue but it took us two years to figure out like my triggers and things like that but you know he's become more of a support in just being like, I'm going to give you your space. I know you're having a hard day. I'll take him when you get, when I get home from work and you just go do something to decompress for a minute and then come back. And most times it's usually leave me alone while I'm cooking in the kitchen Uh and I can kind of like come down from that heightened red face moment I'm going through. Um, it's it's a work in progress, um, yeah. but he's definitely learning it and being more supportive than anything else with that time period for sure. <laughs> it's a lot of- oh, yeah. you know, it's it's, it's such a tricky it's such a tricky place to navigate to because while I can feel like or I know that I need a bit of space. 
sometimes if I'm given that space, that can also, coming back to some of that rejection, it can also feel like, oh, now I'm not supported or it like it's all very, 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 very yeah. blurry in that. Like my, my more recent thing is, well, instead of me like boasting out in a rageful fit at you, I'm just going to keep quiet. And then he's taking that as, well, you want space. I'm like, I don't really want space. I'm just trying to keep my mouth shut so I don't ruin our time together. Yeah. Like, you can do the talking. I will sit next to you, but I'm going to keep my mouth shut for a little while so I don't, you know, F up our night. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Mm -hmm. So, so very true. Mm. Uh, uh, Tell me, though, about this little boy who has delighted your life. And, he is now like the energizer oh, bunny. Oh, <laughs> and there's so many surprises, I think, that come alongside that. You're like, how did you climb up there? Or why oh are you, <laughs> what What sort of conversation are we going to have today? Tell me about some of those. Oh, just... my gosh. <laughs> climbing mood this last month, everybody says it, especially on social media, oh, it's always safer when there's ruckus and the second uh-huh violent you know there's something wrong and I don't know if it's just been this week last week too but every time I like where is he he's now standing on top of a desk in the mm-hmm. office or he's on top we've like a, a changing table like converted into like the cat's litter box and feeding station and he ended up on top of that and I'm like what are you doing and he's like kitty eat I'm like, yes, that's the kitty's food, not a place for you to play. Thank you. Get down. Um, yep. But nonstop with this kid, it's like, when do I, like you said before, it's a marathon. Yeah. I, My marathon is when do I get a break? Mm-hmm. Because it just keeps going. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> He's a cute kid. I mean, he definitely is mine and my husband's child. But I'm like, were we like this when we were his age? <laughs> Without sugar? <laughs> mm-hmm. It's uh, yeah, it's really crazy. And then, like, uh, add to that the dimension and dynamic of working alongside and working from home I believe you're in a similar situation yeah doing that and most COVID babies I think have found themselves in this situation yes so uh I left my nine to five when he was born I was like I'm gonna work from home it was easier money wise and mentally not to worry to have to go to work and who was going to take care of the baby especially during the pandemic, the school I wanted to send him to, he was able to enter when he was 18 months old. So I didn't put him in daycare before that. We had babysitters in the evening, but never really during the day. So I was strictly working during nap times, Mm -hmm. which was maximum of three hours a day. Yep. So 18 months came along and I shipped him right off to daycare three days a week. And it was fantastic. (laughs) I, I really think that i probably would have gotten out of my postpartum depression and anxiety much quicker if I had put him into some kind of a daycare earlier yeah. um, just to get a little bit more of space and relief and be able to process and not have the stress of having a job or working it all over my head. And now 
even over the summer, the daycare he goes to follows the school schedule. So they're off for the summer. I was like, well, what am I going to do? I can't go from having 15 hours of working time to now going back down to three hours a day just for naps. Like that's, Mm -hmm. that's not going to do well for my mental stability as well as my paycheck. So we hired someone to watch him the days that he would have been in school just for the few hours in the morning, which was a lifesaver. And now come next month, he's going back full time five days a week and it's going to be fantastic. Yeah. Wow. He loves it. He learns so much. It's close to my home. So it's like not taking us any time to get him there. And it's actually the same school that I went to elementary school at. So I've got just the sense of familiarity with it, which is really nice to have him come up in that school too. Yeah. Has much changed at the school since you were there? (laughs) Yes. Um, So this school was also a private Christian school, much tinier than the high school that I went to. When I graduated that, I had nine people in my class. Wow. Which was crazy. But now they no longer have the elementary grades. It's now just a toddler and pre-K program. Uh, So there's that part that's changed. And the rest really has not. Like the actual like building that they're in is still the same from when I was there. And his teacher is actually the mom of one of my sister's classmates from when she was in school there. So like... Half the teachers there know me, and that's really cool. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And, you know, when you go back to some of those buildings or different places that you may have experienced as a kid as well, everything looks much smaller or you think gosh I didn't yes. think like the yard the playground was so much bigger or the chairs oh, were so yeah. <laughs> oh yeah we had a few events in the gym I'm like I remember this like this uh, is crazy I'm like I can almost reach the basketball net what what, what? Is this? <laughs> <laughs> this felt like I was that big in this room <laughs> yeah. yeah it's it spaces you out a bit I think it's yeah. just really <laughs> really bizarre uh because we're in a situation where our little one isn't in any sort of care at all and so I'm grabbing moments in between my work and Ben's work and everything else that is available (laughs) and so yeah it's definitely challenging today he was on my desk like you said and yeah. trying to get into coffee or microphones or that's, why do they love the microphone so much oh, like that's i mean he also wants i think he likes to sing so he just wants the microphone so he can sing <laughs> i i can't do any work around him because he just wants to be on the computer doing just like me mm-hmm. we just got him a desk for himself the other last month and he's got this little toy cocoa melon computer oh, <laughs> and yeah. i caught him yeah. sitting at the desk with the little computer he's got a snack next to him he's just typing away in his computer eating a snack taking a drink i'm like oh my <laughs> goodness that's me <laughs> mommy <laughs> Oh, it was amazing to see. <laughs> oh yeah, it's and you're like, yep, okay, I'll 
be giving you some work shortly. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be employing you by next year. Yep. <laughs> so looking forward into your future, I don't know if you know the exact answer to this question yet, but do you think you will add to the family after your experience of pregnancy, birth, postpartum, all that sort of thing? My immediate answer is no. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Bobby and I have both decided that we would give ourselves about another three years yeah. and kind of revisit the subject and see. We figure when Declan is about anywhere between five and seven years old might be a good time to be like all right do we really want to do this again or not because could be um, be with two days to spare we're like right let's go come on quick (laughs) i know i'll be almost 40 by that time so if it's gonna have to happen it's gonna have to happen before then (laughs) yeah but um yeah you know i wasn't the only one traumatized by the experience you know yeah Yeah. it, it wasn't he was traumatized because he watched me look traumatized. And so he's like, I don't want to go through that again either. Yeah. <laughs> like Just... As one watching and receiving your rage, you, you know, so I'm like, I get it. Hmm. I, I get that. And I don't want to put anybody else through that because it wouldn't be just him anymore. It would also be him and the baby. Well, yeah. Declan, um, yeah. on the receiving end of all that. So it's hard to watch the ones that you love go through that yeah. for anybody in any situation, not just the baby postpartum. It's... Right now, it's a it's a no on adding any more children, but yeah. with a, a flexibility to revisit the idea in a few years. Mm. Do you think you'll always stick around your childhood area? What's no, in the um, our like two-year plan is to relocate so we are looking to actually go south ideally Tennessee because I really fell in love with the area but Bobby's also very much in love with North Carolina so we're kind of thinking either somewhere between those two states would be a good spot for us to go relocate to um Yeah. yeah yeah and that's gonna probably happen we'd like to start looking next year so 2023 wow um, yeah, it was originally a five-year plan, but since working with my sexy business and being home, working from home, it's been just a lot clearer that it's a definite possibility and could be very good for us to move that up. Yeah. And it sounds like you've always had plans, uh, like you were talking about, you've got... You- this idea that you'd like to be married before 30 and having kids Mm -hmm. shortly after that. And what have you found that's really been a big shift in being able to achieve some of those goals? Because a lot of people say and talk and plan and dream, but actually putting them into action is a whole other story. Mm. And even in the process of this podcast and book, it feels like it's been, it was, what do I? What did I say to someone? I feel like it was just bubbling or steaming away, and all of a sudden it's on a fast, 
fast burn. <laughs> like <laughs> all of a sudden, it's really, really <laughs> happening, and it, it doesn't even feel rushed. It's just come together so rapidly and so wonderfully. What do you find helps for you in knowing that's part of a big part of what you do and who you are in a way? But it sounds like it's got easier over the years, not necessarily harder. Um, I think we got more clear on things. I mean, there was a lot of, I think, between everything that happened over the last few years with the world, mm. giving us that push, the people and the practices that I've learned through those people within working mm-hmm. from home now with my sexy business and the community that we're all in has given me the clarity and the accountability yep. to... Yep not just say I'm going to do something, but to actually do it and just realizing that it's going to be a lot easier to just go ahead and do it than just sit and dream about it. Mm. Yep. Um, Cause it just festers and then guilts you that like, I should be doing this. And now I can actually say that I'm going to do it. Mm. Yep. And I think even in thinking about, meals sometimes for instance okay cooking with children is interesting sometimes (laughs) (laughs) and takes a lot of uh, commitment and dedication and sometimes you're literally running off the empty tank at the end of the day and so even something like that I was very reluctant to lay out a meal plan because of the times that I had in previous years, I'd often not stick to it or I'd be written down but not actually executed, if you like. (laughs) And so you just have to keep on trying in so many different ways or different spaces that we're in because I've finally got to a stage where I can map out the week a bit now and I'd like to dream or hope that that continues as well yes it's like just coming up with a routine Mm. um but yeah i had the same thing with the meal planning i did not want to do it but we found like a few recipes we're like these are great recipes we're just gonna make these all the time and then i just keep a stash of frozen stuff that i can just throw in the oven for the days that I'm like, I am not cooking today. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's on their own. Get a frozen pizza from the freezer and make it yourself. (laughs) (laughs) You betcha. It's a bit hard to freeze a roast. That's the only thing. It's not really. (laughs) Do you have some favorite Sunday roast memories? that You you know, my favorite, my parents grew up, grew us up, my, my sister and I on, not that she eats it because she's a vegetarian, but roast beef, we do like hot open sandwich roast beef, uh-huh. like, yeah. but like the deli slice, we've, we've tried like the actual roast and it's not my favorite. I'd rather a deli slice roast beef or even just cold, but with mashed potatoes and brown gravy and corn. And that has been like our go-to like feel good meal and probably one of the most requested ones by my husband and I when we go have dinner with my parents. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's our. I, I think we've even became like changed Thanksgiving to that. Like we no longer get turkey. We do that. Yep. Awesome. <laughs> the tradition lives on. <laughs> yeah. And it's like probably one of the only meals that we all get seconds of. And we're like, wait, we have to get like two pounds of roast beef deli meat because we just eat it all. <laughs> <laughs> just such a feel good meal. I love it. <laughs> mm, yeah. What a perfect way to wrap up our conversation because, yeah, there's – so much more we could dive into, I'm sure. And, no, I so. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I really look forward to bringing this all together and appreciate you, your time as always. Thank you, Linda, for this. I appreciate it. Doesn't that conversation just leave you with a smile on your dial? <laughs> as much as we, you know uncovered some of the more uglier sides to postpartum motherhood there's such a radiance about the conversation that I had with Jill that you can't help but walk away impacted in some way shape or other another conversation which really had an impact on me was with a dear fellow author and mastermind buddy of mine Jesse Hernandez. Let's take a quick listen. Oh, you, you got to do, you got to do good. You got to get out of here. Like you don't want to be here. This is a bad place for you. And these, <laughs> these, these sorts of things. Um, Cause the neighborhood was rough. Now what I remember thinking was like, what's wrong with, I, this is my neighborhood. This is my neighborhood. These are my people. <laughs> like I, I, now I understand that it's different. Right. I understand that there's hazards and risks here that could suck me in and lock me down but i didn't understand it as bad i don't know how much sense that makes but for me it was yeah. home to hear more about current projects and the book please head over to lindabonnie.com and i gladly welcome you into the community thank you so much for joining us <laughs>